What's up, peeps? I'm Matt. And I'm Mike. And we are the Pink Gold Peeps, two 20-somethings who love talking all things Nintendo and video games and all that nerdy humbo-jumbo, and we can't wait to talk about it. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. Jumping off our fun facts from last week, the fun fact saga. Good news is, is they did change the lamp. The bad news is that it happened on Monday before the podcast went up. Huh. Which means someone's I'm stalking at your work. Are you, are you... I'm the janitor. <laughs> Surprise! Now we all know. There you go. Matt is the janitor. It all makes sense. I was going to say someone's stalking me, but that makes a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, but other than that, I'm doing good. Uh, keep myself busy, but getting some time to play lots of games. What about you? That's good. That's good. I have been uh, going to work. It's great. I get up at like 6 o'clock every morning, and I'm there by 7.30. I've been working on resumes and stuff because I want to apply for other jobs other than this one, but... It's good. And there's nothing it's better going. than uh, nothing better than applying for and working on resumes for a job, but not the job you're currently at. Yes. <laughs> Just like quietly working on other resumes while working a job. Yep. But um, yeah. So speaking of all the games you've been playing, Mike, what have you been playing? All right. So we've been playing. I'm playing a couple things. Uh, I have been playing Sushi Striker, but I know you want to talk about that. I'm so I'm gonna about a lot of Sushi Striker. I'm gonna skip over that. Um, two things I've been playing. First is Pokemon Quest. I have made it to the final world, so I'm trying to beat the last boss, and I'm having a lot of trouble. He's very strong, which is good, mm -hmm. but I have 23 Pokemon left to finish my Pokedex, so I'm really close, which makes me really happy, but also makes me very frustrated. Like, So if you want like an Eevee, for example, the only way you can get an Eevee is if you make the normal stew with... The highest quality ingredients, so three groups or of honey. Or it just randomly appears. Or just randomly appears. Three groups of honey, two balm mushrooms, which is the big mushrooms. And I keep getting far-fetched. It's <laughs> me very frustrated. Darn, a rare Pokemon. Yeah, but like once you get your sixth one, they're not really special anymore. Fair. And you don't really want to like level up your far-fetched. <laughs> I'm still playing it, but like not as much. You know what it is? I like it just because in the mornings I'm very tired when I get on the train, and it's very mindless. I can just click it, it does its own that's thing, fair. and then when, when I'm at home, and I'm, like, making dinner, I'll just, like, send them on a couple expeditions. But, okay, that's the thing, though, okay? I think I've stopped playing because it's become mindless, because I'm just in this state of grinding. I'm at, like, the second-to-last level on both worlds 10 and 9. Okay. And all I have to do is just grind, so I'm eventually powerful enough to beat them. And I just don't, like, I'll just put on auto for five matches a day while I go about other things. Well, I think the auto matches are good for this point, but then when you decide to, like... I mean, I beat the World 9 boss, and I was, like, 5,000 too low to beat it. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, just grinding to get to a certain level and be like, okay, now I'm good. Let's go. Right. No, I, I mean, I'm grinding so I can beat the boss. Yes. I feel like now the game is, like... The main game is the resource management, right? Like, I'm training my guys... Who am I using it to train? Who am I getting to evolve? But, but then at other points when I'm like, okay, I'm going to try a challenge of the bosses, that's the focus. That, the no, that's the problem, though, because the resource management of the game is not what's fun about the game. Oh, you see, all. I love menus. But they're not fun menus. They're very basic menus. Yeah, but, like, I mean, Xenoblade 2 has the most convoluted menus, and I don't yeah, know and why that, I like that. You have to strategize with Xenoblade. You do not have to strategize in the same way with this game. You just you move the ingredients... To the thing. Or you move the stones 
to the to the Pokemon, and you just take the strongest stones and you put it on. Oh, that's why you're losing. What do you mean? No, you don't use the strongest stones. The reason I got through all my things is I'm using lower level stones, but all of my life my attack stones have life steal. No, that's not. And all why my I'm blue stones because... have natural HP, so my guys never die. I don't have those abilities on my rare stones. They're just other abilities that I was using, and I kept dying with them. And then when I put the stronger ones on, I started winning. Yeah. And that's why I did it. Okay. I'm having fun with it. I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm saying... Oh, it's definitely a simple game. There's no doubt about it. Like, I, I've gotten this far, so I'm at like, okay, at this point, I have to get all 150, right? I'm so close. I mean, I do plan on doing that. It's just like, all right, let's go. Just gotta beat the game, and then I can just lure Pokemon around. Yep. <laughs> I'm kind of jumping ahead on this, but uh, just so you guys know, uh, it got a release date for mobile. It did. June it was 28th. June 28th. I do think if I was to do this all over again, I definitely would have done it on my phone. Really? Yeah, because, like, think of all the mindless grinding and how I could have, like, just, like, put my phone at work, put them on a mission, and just, like, put it aside. Oh, okay. You like, see, I, feel... I can't have my phone, like, exposed at work. Oh, really? No. Oh, see, I have a I'm desk. surprised you can. Yeah, I have my headphones in pretty much all the time, and I had my review, and they didn't say anything about it. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to keep rolling with this. All right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, the only other thing I've been playing, and I want to talk more about it next week, is Hollow Knight. Um, the short answer is it's really good. I've known it was really good. It's been out on PC and I've been holding out on buying it on PC because I knew it was coming to Switch. This is, this is a, you know, it's a 2D Metroidvania platformy kind of game. There's no way it's not coming to Switch. And it finally did. And I'm very happy, but I'll talk more about that next week. But what about you, Matt? What have you been playing? So there was a funny little thing that I did this morning. I was like, man, why does Mike play so much more video games than me? And then I was like, it's not necessarily that you play more than me. It's that I spent 15 hours playing PlayStation games this week. Mike? Well, that's our show for the week, guys. Um, <laughs> if you want to contact us. <laughs> I, played, I played through Detroit Become Human in like three days. I remember that. I feel like you were talking about it and then suddenly it was gone. <laughs> I like, after, um, so Quantic Dream, they made Heavy Rain. Made Beyond Two Souls, which I despised with a burning passion. I thought it was a terrible game. And now they made Detroit Become Human. And I was ready to hate this game. I knew, like, I bought the game. And I was, like, partially bought the game because my friend really likes Quantic Dream. And I was like, I'm going to buy this game. It's going to be a bad game. And I can't wait to talk about how it's a bad game. And then I played the game. And then as I was playing Beyond Two I mean, Detroit Become Human, getting ready to hate it, I, I really liked it. You know, I'm happy you liked the game. But I just love how you're willing to spend $60. $60. 15 hours. It was 11 hours. I played four hours of other games on the PlayStation. But for a game that you were expecting to hate, <laughs> when you could have just played Xenoblade. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry. If it makes you feel any better, Xenoblade wasn't even in my mind when I made the decision. Wow. No, that doesn't help. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you're not. I'm really sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> anyway. No, it was just, if you have a PlayStation and you were upset by Beyond Two Souls like I was because no choices in the game actually mattered at all, play Beyond, play Detroit because literally every decision matters. Like, I didn't look at something and because I didn't look at something in a certain part of the game, I didn't know how to answer a question later on. Because I, I just didn't see the thing that I should have seen if I was, you know, a, a smart human being. Because everyone else who I've talked to is like, how did you miss that? They put it right in front of your face. But I missed it because I missed it. I couldn't answer a question. And that, like, 
destroyed me later on in the game, and I just really like how everything makes a difference. And that's a stupid example, but that was just one where I happened to have failed at. There's a lot of other examples like that. And the story, while it has the traditional David Cage problems, <laughs> was pretty good. Like, I, I did like it a lot. Well, that's good. It was like binging a TV show. <coughs> I really like that. Um, but other than that, and four or so hours of other random PlayStation stuff, I played a whole lot of Sushi Striker. I am on level 80 on Sushi Striker. Wow. That's a... I think that's like the halfway point. It's probably about the halfway point. I'm in... One, two... I'm in the fourth world. I'm like halfway through the fourth world now. And I do really like it, but everything that I thought was going to be a problem with the game is a problem with the game. So what are the problems that you found? Okay, so my first problem, which isn't necessarily a problem for me, it's just something people that go into the game need to be aware of, is that it is very repetitive. Yes. It is like... It's like Tetris in the way that's that... That's like, what I was about to say. It's like Tetris in the way of like you're doing the same thing over yeah. and over again, but there's a story stringing together the puzzles. Yeah, so I mean, it's a puzzle game in its, in its right, right? You know, obviously they're going to add like different modes and different like cool little things, but it is, in that sense... You know, like a Tetris kind of game that, listen, those games aren't bad, right. but like, if I buy Tetris, no matter what I buy it on, I'm just as good at that one as I am as every exactly. other one. And they do, like, they do mix it up a little bit. Like, in the third world, there are certain levels where, not spoiling anything, you have a time limit on, you have to get a certain amount of points, essentially, to uh, win in a certain amount of time. And you're like, oh no, I gotta rush! And you're scribbling, you're scrambling, and that's fun, but... It, it is the same thing, and I guess my recommendation would be play the demo, and if you like the gameplay in the demo, and you think you could play a solid amount of time of that gameplay, then you should get the full game. Yes, I would agree with that. I am not as far as Matt. I'm in the third world. I'm, I think I'm on, like, level 60-something. Uh, so I've, I've seen a lot of what Matt's talking about in terms of, like, you know, some of the, the interesting things that they do to kind of switch it up over time, like... You know, if people see the demo, they'll see that there's, like, the three conveyor belts going in opposite directions. And sometimes they're not set up that way. Sometimes, like, they're all going left. Or sometimes, like, the bottom two are going left and the top one's going right. And that kind of throws you off. And it definitely makes you have to think about it differently. Mm -hmm. But it's still Susie Striker. There's, um... Or, I mean, I at least as to where I am, this hasn't been part of the actual story of the game. But there is a little bonus thing that you can do in your, like, base camp area where you can do this puzzle. We oh, have yeah. a certain amount of moves. The sushi doesn't move, but you have to get it in a certain pattern so you can get everything in five moves. And it also has a time limit. Yeah, it does have a time limit, so you have to go. I love that. See, I, I think that is so much fun. I am so bad at it. I was bad at it, too, when I started, but eventually I got, like, 15 at one point. But then, because I, ca I was so used to clicking the try again button, I got to 15, and I clicked try again by accident because I was just, like, force of habit. Oh, God. And I was like, no! <laughs> and then I, like, put Sushi Striker down for the day. I was like, I can't. I can't anymore. Yep. I think the cool thing about this game is just that how you can even play it, despite it being such a like a straightforward game, is very different. Like, so Matt, you're playing through the game and you're just playing through the levels, right? That's what you're doing. Um, yeah. So for me, there's an item that you get early on in the game called the Black Belt, and it halves your character's health. But at the end of the game or end of a of a round, your score gets multiplied times one point five. So it's a lot easier to get the the higher ranks of stuff. And higher point values, but the game is just a lot harder. It's it's hard mode, essentially. <clears throat> yeah, essentially. So when I play through, I'm playing every level with the black belt on, 
and there's like three challenges you have. It's kind of like a mobile game almost. Yeah, so like, you know, it's like beat the level, but heal 2,000 health, or with your finishing strike, deal 4,000 damage, or, you know, don't use any of your sushi sprites, which are like special abilities that you get over time. And you get the little stars, and they don't really do anything, you know, they they give you access to like secret worlds, but you don't seem to need a lot of them, because you've gotten the secret worlds, right? Um, I got it in the first world, I didn't get it in 2 and 3. Okay. I, I like, I want to go back and do it, because the sushi sprite... That I got in the first world for doing the bonus ones. Like, downright makes the game broken. See, I don't think it's that good, but... It's, oh, that's because of the controls you use. But yes. I want to get into controls. Yeah, I want to say that. The other thing is you could do differently is the control scheme. So, Matt, you are a whole touch screen I 100% fanatic. I do everything touch screen with Sushi Striker. Because it's just... To me, it's just easier. Because I tap, or I, I tap the sushi and I swing my finger around. But my problem with the analog sticks is you have to flick it. They don't. You you do because it's so annoying to get it to land because it's just so finicky with the analog stick. I hated it. I tried it with both the Joy-Con and I tried it with the Pro Controller. It just would like it would work, but I would be losing so much time because I would have to like oh, you transport to, like, to set the your clicker. line up or what? just when like to fig- pick your first when piece you or... yeah when you have to move the the blue square around to which one you want. It takes so long and it's hard to kind of lock onto it. I will say that. But to me, when you're moving around and stuff like that, I don't like oh, having my... Oh, that's fine. See, I don't like having my finger on the screen because I have trouble seeing everything that's going on with my left hand in front of half the screen. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've learned kind of, like you said, you do kind of, if you're playing analog, so I play, you know, actually my perfect way to play is on the television with a pro controller. That is my preferred way of play. Literally the opposite. The opposite of what the you should do. exact opposite. So I've kind of learned how to like maneuver the board and move yourself around to get the sushi. But then again, you know, we're both playing and we're both doing really well. So it's not like one way is the, you know, it's not like this is the real it's way. It's just, yeah, there's more comfortable way. Like, I like cannot, I cannot stand doing it with a regular controller. But yeah. it might work for you, so. It's like it's like the opposite of ARMS, where, like, there's two different modes of way to play. And they're one of both them is, great. They're both fun, but one is, like, the real way to play. No, I, I wouldn't off, say that. To play a fighting game. I mean, no, I, no, still I wouldn't say that. I'd really? say if you're going, like, pro, then you would probably need the pro controller. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There is a hardcore way of doing it with the joint. Hardcore way of doing it with the Joy-Cons. And there's a way of doing it with the pro controller. I would agree, but I think if you polled, you know, anyone over rank 20 in arms, most of them would say... Pro controller, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, all yeah. five people who played hey. arms enough to get to rank hey. Are we good to move on before I get angry no, about you? No, wait, I still want to talk about Sushi Striker. Oh, okay. I think that the story is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's I, great. I adore the story in Sushi Striker. It's so, it like, it knows what it is and takes itself so seriously. And that's why it's great. It's very Saturday morning cartoon. It is so Saturday morning cartoon. And, uh, I mean, you haven't gotten there, but there's certain things where I was like, like, the whole story, as I was playing through it, I was like, you know, this feels like it was kind of, like, riffing off of something. And then at the end of the third world, something happens where I was like, that's it. I know what this is. I'm excited to get there. And you'll, you'll get there. And, like, I, there's a plot twist at the end of the third world, which you, you may have already I probably figured it out. If I, if it is what I think it is, I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. 
the story the story is I don't know it's, it's just so funny and, and the, the voice acting is really good it really is and like the anime <laughs> cutscenes are like actually really well it's like, done okay here's my my thought about this game is that it is a very basic game that's probably not worth fifty dollars but to justify that price point they put so many bells and whistles on the game just to like yeah here's these fully animated beautiful cutscenes yeah I feel like I wouldn't say it's not worth fifty dollars, right? Because if this is something you're into, there's so much content, right? I think there's. Mm. Well, I think. Well, okay, con- yes, there is content, but you're doing the same thing over and over again. Yes, but I, you know, when Tetris but came the out con- of the DS, the content I bought it. Is there? I would like, you know, it's not just. It's not like I'm joking aside. It's not like Pac-Man or something where, like, you know, you will play the same board over and over again, and then that's the one mode. You know, in this, you have this story mode. You have online play. How you much, have the puzzle mode. How much is this game on 3DS? 40. I I would buy it on 3DS. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think the game is too expensive for what it is, but because of its price point, it's not a game that I'm going to say, hey, everyone should pick up this game. That is because very interesting that it's 50 on Switch and 40 I think because they knew, because originally it was only supposed to come out on 3DS. Right. And you can tell that too, by the way. There's certain like 3D models in the game where you're like, that was made, that was for, a made for a 3DS. But I think that if this is a game that's interesting to you, I think it's worth the $50. But I don't think it's one of those games where, like, you know, you should just pick it up because it's a good Nintendo game. It is a good Nintendo game, but this is not the kind of game for everybody. Some people will be play, like, the first ten levels and be like, oh, this is the whole game. Yep. I'm not going to play anymore. Which is why, like, my, my review of the game is get the demo first, see how you like it. If you like it, buy the game. If you don't, wait for it to go on sale or something. Yep. I think that's a fair bet. Good game, but... good. Yeah, really actually good game. Yes. Uh, now that we've spent almost 20 minutes on what we've been playing slash review, let's uh, go through these highlights, shall we? Yes. For indies. So, the first one is, uh, it actually happened during E3 week, but yeah, it kind of fell by the like wayside. There's like one or two things that uh, we missed during E3 that we will bring back up this week. Yes. So, the first thing is is that uh, Keep Talking and No One Explodes is coming to the Switch, which I think is a brilliant idea. Yeah, I'm surprised it took them this long, honestly. So, for people who don't know this game, it's... It's a game that you play with a group, and only one person can look at the screen, which, because the Switch is a mobile device... It works It works really perfectly. Well. So, one person's looking at the screen, and they have a bomb, and it's got, like, a bunch of modules on it, and everyone else has, like, a 17-page manual on all of the different modules and how to defuse them. So, the idea is that the people who are reading can't look at the screen, and the guy who's looking at the screen can't look at the, ma- the, at the manuals... And you basically have to try to describe to yourself. So, like, I know for one of the uh, modules, it looks like a Simon Says, like a red, blue, yellow, green. And it's like there's a number in the middle, so the person has to describe this to the other person who's never seen it before. Right. But is looking to the manual to hopefully find something it's that so looks crazy. like that. And, and it's so time. stressful. Yeah, and if you screw up, you're done. Yeah. This is really fun. This and now a, that I've played it, I've just seen a lot of gameplay of it. Yeah, this is the perfect game for the Switch. It's, yeah. Um, you just need to print stuff out. But outside of that... <laughs> right. Uh, would recommend. Moving on, Rumbo is coming out July 3rd on the Switch. At this point, many years after Rumbo originally came out. Yes. You probably know what Rumbo is. It's a platformer where if the background is the same color as the platform, platform disappears. There's a solid amount of single-player content, but it really shines in multiplayer. Yes. If you haven't played it, get it. Like, actually get it. Yes. If you've played it, it is up to you. If you think that you and whoever you play Rumbo with can take more Rumbo... Because 
Well, at least for our friend group. We, I don't think we could take any more Runbo. We played a lot of Runbo. <laughs> yeah, so Runbo's also a really cool game because it plays up to eight people. Yeah, so on exactly. The, on That's the Wii the best U, kind of Switch game. The Wii U, it had, like, you would basically, one person would get the nunchuck, the other person would get the, the, the actual controller. And it's just, like, run, jump, dash, and punch, right? Mm-hmm. So that was it. And it has so much, like, you know, you could play with eight people at once in, like, the main mode, but then there's, like, the crazy story mode, the Bowhemoth, which is, like... It, then, no, there's another story mode other than that. Oh, there is? That's, that's like the multiplayer story mode. Yes. But the Bowhemoth, I think we took... It took us six hours, Six I think. hours. And Which, granted, we would have been able to do it if we weren't goofing off oh, half of definitely. the time. But we... It was oh just so God. funny because it's like it's like room-based, so it's like hard platforming challenges. But everyone's on the same map. Like, all eight of us So were. if you fall behind, you're done. Yeah, and it's every time you get to the new room, everyone will start respawning there. But it's so funny because by the end, it was like there was only three of us playing. So the, No, there were more than three of us playing. Was it? How, well, I know like there was at least three there were people. six of us playing, and like three over the course of the Bowhemoth gave up. Yeah, so it would just be like, you know, four or five of us would be jumping around, and the other three people would just stay at the starting line and die because they were just like i'm not playing this anymore yep. i can't handle this it's a great game but yeah i'm i am sold on not buying any more <laughs> yeah Rumbo. i i don't need to buy rumbo again additionally limbo and inside are coming out on the switch on june 28th yeah so by the by time, the this time you read this up, it's six twenty right now <clears throat> these games as you probably know are very artistic platformers if you haven't played them i would highly recommend them because they have Pretty good story, especially inside. Yeah, I've it's heard... Re- have you played it? I have not. You'd probably like it. I've only played a, a little bit of uh, Limbo, and I, I know both games are really good. They're very artistic. They're like... I kind of put them with Cave Story in the sense that, like, it shows that the system's doing really well because these kinds of games will do well on mobile space. Right. So this is, I think, the first time both of them are coming to mobile. Oh, um, well, yes. a mobile, mobile console quote, unquote, with yeah. quote-unquote. Uh, but yeah, I think they're both worth it if you're interested. For sure. Um, anything else you want to talk about? That is it for indies. Next up is our quick news and updates about stuff. And for the week after E3, there's a, a fair decent, amount, of a decent amount of stuff. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is that uh, today, uh, on June 20th, they announced a bunch of stuff for Captain Toad. So there's a new trailer that's up for Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for the Switch. If you're in Japan or the EU, there's a demo. Uh, it's not in the US as of the recording. It but I imagine they will probably be, be here. Uh, it's going to be on both Switch and 3DS, the demo, which is good, because Sushi Striker didn't have a 3DS demo. When this comes out, if if you haven't heard of a demo yet, just check. Yeah, it's this game looks really cute. I've never played it. I've played the 3D World levels that were from Captain Toad, but I'm really excited about this game, and I, they put some more stuff in it. I played the Hecklehorn out of Captain Toad. The Hecklehorn. The Hecklehorn okay. out of Captain Toad. On the Wii U, and I really liked it. It is very cute. It is adorable. It would be perfect on a train. Yes, and because the and levels take about twenty minutes, if tw- that, not even. Okay, great. Because I'm really excited to play this game. It looks so I mean, cute. Because there, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, there no, there are there are like green stars in the levels. Yeah, there's like find. gems or something. Sometimes, right? yeah, gems, green stars, something like that. Sometimes it takes you a while to find them. Okay, so. cool. Uh, the other thing is that. Uh, there were levels, so if you had a 3D World save on the original Captain Toad, you got access to the levels that kind of like inspired the game, right? The 3D World Captain Toad yeah. levels were in the game. So those have been replaced. Those are no longer in the game. And over time, you will unlock the Mario Odyssey-themed levels. I think it's Toasterina, New Donk City, the, the, the Luncheon Kingdom world, the pretty Luncheon world, 
And I can't remember what the fourth world is. I hope it's the, the jungle world, because that's my favorite world in the game. Really? I love that world. Well, the design of it I like. The, like, the, fir- the Cascade, you mean? No, 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 no. Oh, you oh, mean but the that lost is... one, like the, yeah. the rainbow one. The rainbow jungle. Yes, the rainbow jungle with all the I, I do really like that but one. You're I right. wish that one was bigger. The, um, the level you were just talking, Cascade Kingdom, that is the fourth one. That is the fourth one? Yes. So those four worlds will be replacing the four 3D world levels. But I think it's silly that they're just taking the levels out of the game. But, like, those levels weren't particularly no, they, good. They weren't. Where these ones are newly designed ones. So I'm excited for these. They look really I pretty. I think they could have gone, like, more into it than four levels. But, like, I'm not complaining. It's still new stuff. But, like, they probably could have yeah, given liked. us more than four. But the game's also still 50 bu- bucks, right? So I think so. That's nice. But uh, one other thing is that there is amiibo functionality. So if you scan in any amiibo, you get a one-up. Uh, if you scan any of the Mario Odyssey amiibo, you'll automatically get access to those four levels. Oh, that's cool. So you don't have to wait. Oh, I don't have any Mario Odyssey amiibo. It's all right. I have all of them in my house. You, you can do. you can scan them. Um, and then I think if you... There's one other thing. I think it's like if you scan Toad, you get something special. But they they look cool. I do have Toad. Yes. So it looks cute. But that's it. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, there was a party crash. E3 will not take arms away from me two years in a row. Meh. Ribbon Girl won. I was playing Ribbon Girl. You know I don't win party crashes, so this is a big deal to me. Congratulations. That's it. That's all I want to say. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighter Z. Or is it Dragon Ball Fighters? Z? I think it's Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I think it's Dragon Ball Fighter Z also. Anyway, it's coming out September 27th. In Japan. In Japan. So it'll probably be around then in the United States. Yes. Hopefully. Um, For all our Animal Crossing fanatics, this news kind of worries me. So, um, you know, they're talking about all these, they're talking about all these 2DS XLs, like these special edition ones, like that will come with the game, like the, the Tamadachi Life one, the Ocarina of Time 3D one. So there's another one coming out in the UK and it comes out, uh, September 27th, but it's a green new 2DS XL with Animal Crossing New Leaf preloaded on it, which makes me worry because I'm like, I feel like- Mike, that, that shouldn't make you worry. Because like, they just made an Ocarina of Time one. I know, but like- Here's the thing. People will still buy the Ocarina of Time when Breath of the Wild is out. Yeah. Where, like, you're not going to buy an old Animal Crossing game when a new one comes out, oh, right? No. So it just means that, like, at the absolute minimum, we're not getting an announcement of Animal Crossing until but after no, September 27th. No, because I also think the problem with that is who's buying New Leaf right now anyway? That's you know true. I mean? But, like, who would be advertising New Leaf right now if they knew a new Animal Crossing was right around the corner? To get the hype up for a new Animal Crossing, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I just, I get nervous about this. I mean, no, this. obviously we're not going to see Animal Crossing until September, at the minimum. I don't think we'll see Animal Crossing until next January. I don't think if so either. If we see it then. We might not know. even see it until next E3. That's what I'm to saying. To be honest with you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we shouldn't get excited but because of this. is that surprising? I mean, I already assumed that after E3. I didn't need I'm to see I'm just optimistic. It's yes to, to, to think that. Whatever. Anyway, this one, you know... I was about to say it makes me sad, but it doesn't, really. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, Global missions have ended in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Did anybody do the global missions? I remember the first one was like, catch an easily done amount of Pokemon. And and we dramatically missed it. Because nobody signed up for it. Because it was like really stupid the way you had to sign up. Because all of their online stuff is terrible. For Pokemon especially. For Pokemon especially. Because you have to like sign into your Pokemon account. God. Which is different from your My Nintendo account. Hopefully, when they're on the Switch, there will be one account. I hope so. But anyway, that's neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, it was. Oh well. Yeah. 
so another thing is Valkyria Chronicles 4 has a uh, release date, September 25th. Woo. So there's the game from September. Remember we said there was a dry month in September? Did we? No, because also Xenoblade's coming out. Oh, The dang DLC. It. Yes, fine. But more I giant... Am, I remember Xenoblade. More JRPG fun. <laughs> um, the pre-order for the game gets you a controller skin with a little puppy on it. I think these are gross. You know, I almost bought one once, but I think it would be good for just the grip. If they put one on the sticker just for the center of the grip, I'd use it. But I never use it on my Joy-Cons. Yeah. Just, but some people might be into that, and if you're into yeah. that, that's how you get it. Pre-order the game. I'm not going to pre-order Valkyria. I'll just, I'll pick it up. I will, too. I might get it on the PlayStation, honestly. It's one of those games where I'm probably going to pick it up, like, next, like, the following February, like, used or really? at a sale. There's just so many other games coming out. I'm, like, really excited for Valkyria. I don't know why. I am, too, but, like, there's so many other games I want to try. Like, even Yis 8's getting really good reviews on the Switch. Yeah, I don't need to play an 80-hour RPG that I don't care about. Yeah, that's the thing. I still have Disgaea 5 sitting on my desk. You know, Disgaea um, 1 is coming. Yeah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Or the Switch. That, that just, we forgot to say something about that on our news, but Disgaea 1, I think they renamed it, but it's coming on the Switch. Disgaea 1 Complete or something like that? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Valkyria Crocus 4. Yay. This one I wanted to talk to you about. So, there was, like, some link, some leaked info for Starlink. I didn't so, see this at all. there's a lot of, like, what it looks like the stuff that's going to be available for launch day. All the prices that were shown were in uh, Australian dollars. So, I did a quick Australian to USD conversion. So, it should be around this price. Okay. Um, so, at launch, there should be five ship packs. They're going to be 35 US dollars on each. average each. Each one comes with one of the big ships, um, a new pilot, and one gun. So, what's what's that face? Jesus Christ! That's expensive. I want to talk about... Let me get through the whole thing, and then we can talk about pricing. So, five ship packs. So, five different ones. Things of note, one of them in Australia is an EB Games exclusive, so that will probably be a GameStop exclusive. Right. However, the only thing that's actually exclusive to that pack is the ship. The gun comes in a different gun pack, and the pilot comes in a different pilot pack. That makes pack. sense, because the ship is really the thing. Yeah. The other thing is the Zenith ship. So this is the one that non-Switch users get as a as a plastic figure, mm-hmm. and Switch users will get as a digital copy. You cannot buy that one separately. Interesting. Well, I mean, you can't buy the Star Fox one separately. Yeah. So I know some people were saying, oh, well, I want the Zenith ship like to put on my desk, and that would be cool, but... If you really want it, I just wait until someone tries to get wait, rid of Starlink. Wait, what's cooler, getting the 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 Arwing to put on your desk or the Zenith? Some people want both. <laughs> I don't blame them. Zenith actually your, looks your really cool. Your desk is gonna be crowded. You know how big these things are. Yes. So in addition to that, uh, there's four pilot packs coming out. They're about ten dollars. Um, one of them is apparently a pre-order bonus from Ubisoft. So there's like a fifth one that you could only get if you pre-ordered the game, which I did. So I'll let you know if I get news about this, but it's just another pilot. And then there's four packs of two weapons each, and they go for $15. So that's the whole pricing model. I want to say this. This is expensive, but I think my anger or lack thereof is entirely dependent on the quality of these ships. If these are something that I wouldn't actually mind displaying on a desk somewhere, then $35, while being expensive is a little bit more reasonable than if it was, like, plastic chaff, right? It's not even the fact that they're expensive. It's that when you really think about it, 
if this wasn't a Toys to Life game, they would be in the game. Oh, 100%. And it's the fact that, like, this content could very easily be in a game, like, it, just a regular game, but it, they're putting it behind a paywall because, like, we can make people pay for figures. Boom. Yep. And it's like, it makes sense because these toys with children would be play with. with you know what yeah. I mean? Like, kids would go out into their backyard and run around with these ships. Oh, 100%. I'm not going to go in my backyard and run around with these ships. This is stupid. Well, I would argue that it is stupid, but I'd also argue that we're not the target market for no, this game. No, no, we're not. Despite us playing not. it. But, like... I listen, just, I don't know. I, in a perfect world, I'd agree with you. I'd say, listen, I would pay $85, which is the price of this game, to just get everything digitally. Is it 75 Yeah, 75 Sorry. Shipping. Uh, Shipping? <laughs> I had to ship it. I'm buying it at GameStop. Uh, well, I I wasn't sure if GameStop was like, going to get it, so I ordered it from Ubisoft. And apparently, you I'm going to so get... so fast, man. I'm going to get my little fifth special dude, apparently. You're what? This, this dude who might be a pre-order bonus just for Ubisoft. Oh. So maybe I'll be able to go to you. But until then, I think this is, you know, like you said, if I was a kid, I would love this. I'd eat it up. I'm hoping that it's not 35. I'd hope like 30. And 30 is still expensive. Mm -hmm. But I would still, it like, if the ship quality is nice, there's one ship in this that, like, I really am considering buying. It's like, no, it's really cool. It's the one that's like a, it's like a, like a cargo ship and, like, the character, like, is a pirate and she stole it and but does all these like, like illegal mods are on you it. going to play with it enough in the game to justify getting it? i'm not gonna buy it on launch day for that exact reason i'm gonna wait and see if i like the game and i'm like if this game is worth it and i really enjoy this game and i want to see more content for it i might pick up a but pack one one pack i know i understand that but it's the same content just with a different ship yeah you know, it's the same reason why I don't... As much as I love Mighty Gun Vault Burst, it's the same reason why, to me, buying those extra characters isn't worth it because I'm going through the same levels that I've already gone through with Gunvolt and with Beck. Yeah. I think if... um, I think if the game is either big enough that I might want a change of pace or right. the game is short enough that I'd want to play through the game a second time, then i do this. But the fact is, for us, we're lucky as Switch users because we automatically start the game with two different ships. So I might be able to say, okay... How different are these, really? Because on the demo that they did on Treehouse, they were showing the there's, like, a red ship, and it's, like, really fast, but it's not as strong. So I'm like, is that actually really different than playing as an R-Wing? Because if it is, then I might be more interested. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just... I mean, we didn't I really just, talk too so much about this game. The fact, the fact that Switch users get a essentially a free ship yeah. shows you just how kind of BS this is. Well, I feel like it's not to even me. just BS. It's because more like... these aren't costing Ubisoft anything. They're just, like, printing them to sell them because they know they're going to make a shalop-a-dingle... They know they're going to make a lot of money. <laughs> they are. And, honestly, I feel like that's Nintendo being like, listen, you want Star Fox in this game? Package the extra stuff in the thing with it. Otherwise, no deal. Mm, I, I mean, it could, it could be. I mean, could Ubisoft be. and You're Nintendo have a pretty right. good relationship. I just... You know, think about this. Imagine we were 15 years younger... I mean, yeah, no, for sure. I get that. If if you Your mom love say, this stuff, if you want to go outside and play with this stuff, get it. Because that would be awesome. If I were a kid, I would love that. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying I don't think it's, you know, to say it's stupid is one thing. To say, like, eh, I'm a little bummed because of our age group is more right. reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And that's I all guess I have to say. It. I just, I don't know. I would like to be able to use this stuff without spending money. But, oh well, it's a Star Fox game anyway. And so. besides, you can probably just scan my ship if I buy one. Yeah, but so. I mean... Just scanning the ship... If you buy it physically, just scanning the ship won't get you to keep it. You have to scan the ship in each time. No, they said once you scan it in once, you're good. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So I don't have to keep connecting things all the time. Well, I'm glad I don't have to play with the R-Wing on my controller every time then. Yeah. Although it might be kind of cool. It, it well, might let's be. be. Let's be real. It might be See? Cool. See? Playing with the toy might be cool. Well, yeah, but I'm not going to... I will I say this. I can't play this that. game. I can't play this game on the train. No, you can't. Well, you can't play this game on the train with the thing. Yeah, but not with my R-Wing grip. No, no. <laughs> Imagine you kind of like poke someone with the wing of your wing. And I'm like, sorry about that. Oh wait, hold on, my Pokeball Plus is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you take like three different things. Oh gosh. Oh, uh, speaking of, of Pokemon, uh, just kind of cool little thing we, uh, with Pokemon Quest. They announced that they had 2.5 million downloads on the Switch. We said that already. We said that, I know we said it was coming out. Oh, I thought mo- we said 2.5. No, 2.5 oh. million downloads. That's kind of yeah. Cool. All right, Jodo's coming out next week. Hopefully, not actually. It'll, but I, I promise it'll be there with this many downloads. It'll and happen. It's, it's not even on mobile yet. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine what's going to happen when it goes on. We already know someone who's just, like, craving for it to come out on mobile. He's our one friend who doesn't have a Switch yet. And he's just like, he, he's, he's going to talk about it. He's like, that looks fun. He wants it so bad. <sighs> um, Next one's you. <laughs> yeah, next up. So this is another thing that we missed during E3 week. Hypersports R is coming out um, on the Switch. No release date's been set yet, but they talked about it, like, right before Nintendo's conference. Um, it's a Konami game, very much, like, kind of almost Olympics-themed. It's, like, Olympic track and field events where you um, do different things with the Joy-Con. It's, like, a, a sports party game. So it's, like, a Wii Sports. Right. Sort of. Kind of. In the sense that, like, it's another motion-based party game yes, that's really easy yes. to play. So it does look interesting with Go Vacation also coming out. It might have some competition, so we'll have to see where that release date lands, but... Did Go Vacation get a release date? That's interesting. Yes, it does have one. I, I, It's either June or July, I think. I'll check. But it definitely has one. It's July. It's definitely July. Definitely July. Definitely July. Um, is, is that your final That is answer? my final guess. <laughs> I was like about to say, well, no, you're wrong, because the release date is October 11th, 2011, and then I was like, that is... <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> that is not right. <laughs> um. Well, Mike looks that up, Pokemon Go... By the time you listen to this, we'll have gotten a massive update. Which, if you play Pokemon Go, you probably know. If you don't play Pokemon Go, you might want to get back on it now. Friendless are there. And, wait for it. Wait for it. Trading is finally here. It's finally here. It's only been like, what, three years? <laughs> Two years. It's finally here. So You were right, by the way. July 27th. Haha. <laughs> Really quickly, the way trading works, you got to be friends with the person. you got to be in a close proximity to the person. You can trade as many times as you want during a day, during regular trades, but there's something else called special trades where you can trade legendaries, shinies, or Pokemon that aren't already registered in your Pokedex, which are all considered, quote-unquote, special trades, which you can only do one of a day. Now, Pokemon Go's biggest problem, by far, is spoofers which are people who aren't actually playing the game, they're using an analog stick, or they're doing other ways to cheat to get Pokemon, which Niantic has already, like, cracked down on. They're trying to get as rid of as many of them as they possibly can. But there are heavy Stardust costs for um, trading. trading. And the way that you can reduce that is if you're good enough friends with someone, it will stoop down. So the example they gave is someone who's trying to trade an Articuno and a Moltres in the picture they showed off, took a million Stardust. Best best friends can do it for 40,000 Stardust. Yeah. Which is a huge downgrade. So, like, if you want to do something like that, then you're not going to do it with a random stranger. And that's what's killing those spoofers. And the other the other fear was that there was going to be, like, a Pokemon blacklist, essentially, where people were going to be paying other people actual money so they would trade them certain Pokemon. But by putting that Stardust 
wall there, you're not going to do that. Because it'd be stupid. Yeah. Can you explain to people how to make yourself a better friend? Yes. So, doing almost anything with another player once a day will increase your friendship. You can increase your friendship once a day with a player. The way you do it is by trading, by um, doing special trades, by battling in a gym with them, or by doing a raid with them. You will level it up gradually. Uh, they listed out... There's four stages of friends. It takes a certain amount of time to get it to those different levels. You will have to do something with a friend for 90 days to get to the fourth level. So it will take you a while to get there, but you will eventually get there if you're good enough friends with the person. And then you will have a lot of benefits. During raids, you will get more uh, premier balls, which is the way you catch the, the raid boss. So you'll have more chances. You will do more damage in gyms. So if you're the same team or you're both going up against a team... Then you'll do more. Trades will cost less. And I'm sure when battling is announced, hopefully in the near future, there will be something that ties along with that also. Cool. Um, oh, also, um, when you spin... Uh, sorry, this takes so long. When you spin Pokestops, you now get... You can get gifts, which you send off to other players. You will get po um, postcards in there that you can give them, which will be like a postcard of the Pokestop. You'll also get a rare item that you can give to that player. You won't know what it is. And there will also be a 7-kilometer egg, which will always hold an Alolan Pokemon. See, that gets me excited. That's dude. super cool. That um, seems like for someone like me who's basically playing Pokemon Go to get Alolan forms in their Let's Go game, or other Pokemon they need to get their Pokedex, that seems really cool. Yeah, that is that is really cool, and that's really good. Um, If you are full with eggs, though, there will not be an egg in the gift. So make sure before you open a gift, you have a slot in your, your egg your, your egg, egg pouch. Your egg pool. So, yeah, there you go. All, All right. that crazy stuff for Pokemon Go. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Um, Other thing. Alolan, Alolan Geodude and Alolan Diglett will be out in the wild around GoFest. Oh, cool. In July. So look for look out for that. Log on for people like me. Uh, One other thing. Uh, there's a couple other things. Diddy Kong, Birdo, and Paratroopa are all confirmed as characters for Mario Tennis Aces as uh, future DLC. Right? Yes. So these are those, like, Blooper and Koopa Troopa. They will be free, and you can get them a month early if you get a certain number of points in the uh, Tennis Aces tournaments that will be running a month before the actual launch of the character. Or you'll just get it during the launch. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to discuss? <laughs> yeah, um, Splatoon's getting a new stage. Um, it might already have it by now. Or it'll definitely have it by the time you do it. It's like a cute little rooftop hotel pool thing. Cool. It's really cute. Awesome. All right, so you want to move on to our weekly discussion? Yes, let's go on to our weekly discussion. So, okay. Octo 8, uh, Octo Expansion, Splatoon 2, Octopath Traveler, Square Enix. So, basically, the, the reason we did, we're talking about this is just this week has been, or these past like, couple weeks have been all about Octo. Eight. O Octo Expansion came out, which is a, a expansion for a big multiplayer game. You know, I ate squid last night. I kind of felt like a You ate squid? I ate squid. Did you eat eight squid? I ate squid. You ate? Did you eat eight squid? I eat squid? No, I... Did you eat eight squid? Oh, no, I didn't. Or did you... If you... Oh, if... I see. I thought you were, like, making fun of my, like, grammar. And I was no! Like, I'm I... saying this right, Mike. What's wrong? If if you had six... Uh, if you had um one more than seven squid for dinner last night, you would have eight eight squid. We're wasting so much time. <laughs> squid now, kid now. Um, so yeah, that's coming. Out, that came out last week, and then uh, the Octopath is... Traveler demo is coming out. And Octopath Traveler also has Octo, and it's a really big single player game. 
So me and Matt wanted to discuss uh, eight games, four single-player games, and four multiplayer games that we think people should try. That the only rule is that they weren't allowed to be Nintendo games, which which threw a wrench at my. I just really wanted to talk about Xenoblade again, and Matt's like, "You can't do that." So I, I was like, "Okay, fine." I made that rule specifically so we couldn't talk about. Xenoblade, I know you I did. I knew it was gonna happen. All right, so you want to do uh, multi single, multi single, multi single, multi single? Sure. Okay. So you want to go first? Why don't you go first? All right. So the first game that I have is actually a game that I don't even own on the Switch, but Matt owns it. And uh, I really like it, especially because of how cheap it is. So the game is Astro Bears. This game has like is on sale all the time for like two or one dollar on the Switch. And when I see that, I get concerned. I'm like, I uh, I get apprehensive. I don't know if this is gonna be a good game, right? It's two bucks. The game is actually really cute. So it's there's four different bears, and they all have four like slightly different stats. And it's essentially. Tron on a planet. So like Tron meets Mario Galaxy is what mm-hmm. I'd say. So you know you can you can jump and you walk and you turn and you have a little jetpack which lets you fly in the air for a little bit and you have to not hit anybody's line. It's a really quick game. So me and Matt we played the other day. We set this gold like to 160 points. So if you come in first you get four and then three for second, two for uh, third and zero for for uh, last place. And we played to 160 points, which is the maximum amount of points you can get. And it still only took a half hour, but it's so quick if that. that it's really easy to just play, like, a bunch of rounds and, like, not it feel is, like you're doing it anything. It is the perfect party game to just have on the TV while all this stuff is going on, because it's yeah. kind of mindless. It's, it's so simple that, like, I could talk to Matt while playing it right. or talk to someone who's just sitting on the couch not playing the video game and then being like, you know, oh, I, I won. Who, who wants a controller now? And yeah, just swap exactly. it out. But especially, you know, it's a simple game, but it's, it's so also, cheap that I think every Switch owner should own it just because it's like, you'll fi- if you find one chance to use it for an hour, it'll be worth it. That's, that's worth it. It is kind of addicting, honestly. It is. It's it's really fun. Um, there's also a single-player arcade side mode. I know it's a multiplayer game, but there is a single-player arcade-ish kind of mode where it's Snake. You know, like the arcade game Snake where you just make yourself longer as you as eat. As long as possible and eat right. things. It's that, but on the planet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. I gotta pick this game up. I'm actually gonna pick this up after after we finish You this. should, because it's so it's cheap. It's so cheap. Alright, Matt, so why don't you talk to me about a single-player game? A single-player game. Alright, Mike. One of my single-player games is actually in your honorable mentions. See, I felt like I couldn't put this game on there. Why? Because everybody knows about this game. It's okay. like the top all right, seller all right, on the Switch. All right. I don't have to talk about this game. I can choose a different one. Okay, my honorable mention was Stardew Valley. <laughs> that was that was one of mine because I had I didn't care about this game until it came out for the Switch. Like I just didn't pay attention well, to the game. Let's talk and about it. And that's why it's fresh to me. Talk about it then. Because I don't know, I like I love I'm not anywhere near to the extent as Mike, but I do love those kinds of like life sim games and this is the end-all, be-all life sim game. It is the ultimate in, life in sim. In 2018, at least. I'm sure someday someone will 2018? 2017? It came out last year. No, I know, but I mean, I played it this year. Yes. Um, oh, no, you didn't. You played it last year. I did. Did it come out 2016, then? No, it came Originally? out, like, early 2017. Oh, did it? Right? No, it did come out 2016. Yeah, I think it came out 2016. 2016, yeah, because then it was, came out 2017. I keep forgetting that we're in the 2018. I know. Well, it's like... But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I don't know. I love... There's, I don't Love think there's much that hasn't been said about Stardew Valley. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what else to say about Stardew Valley. You probably groaned when you heard us say Stardew Valley. It's $15. If 
if you just play it for like a few like two months out of the game you'll get so much out of it first of all you'll you'll lose a lot of the experience but also like yeah at least you'll try it I yeah mean, it is a really i promise you if you try it and if you you're only gonna try this game if you like this kind of game and if you like this kind of game you're going to spend hours in this game this is the game that i have the second most amount of time on steam playing i have 300 hours in binding of isaac but i have 145 hours in stardew not including the like 60 hours i have on my switch version i i mean i'm sure this is like the bazillionth time we've talked about this game on this podcast so yeah so i mean that's a good game get it yes all right um, so now I'm going to talk about, uh, another multiplayer game for me. I'll do my multiplayers. Okay. Okay. I see how yeah. we're doing this. So my, uh, my next multiplayer game is a game, again, I think we've mentioned on the podcast, but we've never talked about, talked about. Yes. Uh, that game is the Jackbox Party Pack 4, specifically. All the Jackbox Party Packs games are good, but I really want to bring attention to 4 because I think it is the, I, I've owned the best or one. known someone who's owned all the other three. I think you have owned all of them. I've owned, I had two, my brother owned one and three. There's five games in it. So the one is Fibbage. That's the game that most people know. Oh, I'm sorry. The game plays up to eight people and you use your cell phones. This is a great game. Like when they showed the Nintendo Switch commercial where the girl goes up to the, uh, the, 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 the rooftop party and brings her Switch and wants to play games. This is the kind of game that I could actually see that happening yeah. with. Like not, I, not Mario Odyssey. Yeah. When I um when I go to my parents for dinner, I'll take the train straight to their house. And my my mother will be like, "Oh, let's play." Because she knows I have it. So we'll just set up the Switch on its little dock on the table and we'll play Fibbage. It's a really simple game for that and you don't need eight Joy-Cons. You only need eight you cell phones. You need your phones and everybody's got one of those. Yeah. So real fast, Fibbage is the Jackbox classic. It's on every single version. It's you know, some weird factoid missing a word and everyone puts a word in. You get points for fooling people and the right answer will be put up. So you have to pick between the right answer and all these wrong answers and you get points. And it's really silly and fun. Uh, the second game is Bracketeering, which I think is probably somehow out of all these games, the best one. It's like the simplest, but also the best. Yeah, it's just, it's three rounds and it's just like, you'll get, depending on how many people there are, you'll get like one or two words. So it's always like a prompt. So it'll be like, um, the best... Uh, the best college major for a zombie apocalypse. And everyone puts one or two answers. And then everybody votes. It puts them in a bracket. And you're voting on which one you think is the better choice. But then you're also, like, betting points on which one you think is going to win. But then the second round, they won't tell you what the thing is. They'll just say, like, you know, name a vegetable. And then it will say, the actual prompt is, the best vegetable that, you know, Nicolas Cage should play in the next animated movie. And then the third one is the triple blind bracket where the prompt will change every single round, but it's like, you'll use the same word every time. It's so goofy. It's so goofy and it's a lot of fun. And with the more, the more people you have, the better this one gets. It's, it's pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, real fast, the other quick games, there's one drawing game called Civic Doodle. Uh, there's a game called Survive the Internet, which is the weakest of the five games, and yet it is still really fun. It is still really fun. It's just like out of context, the game. That's how I can yep. describe it. And then the last game is the dating sim game, which I think we've talked about. In this. It's Tinder for monsters. Monster seeking monster. You get four texts a night to the other seven players and you have to pick someone to date and you get points for dating them. But everyone has like a super secret power. It's really broken. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. 
But if you don't Everybody remember, else, like, uh, I don't know anybody else who thinks that's a good game. Like, nobody else likes that one, but we think it's really fun. If you have the right group for Monster Seeking Monster, it is bar none, I think, the best Jackbox game ever. You do have, have the ever. right group, though, and they probably yes. should be kind of close. But, but yeah, so that's my game, Jackbox 4. All right, so my second single-player game is one that I didn't expect myself to choose, but I was just like, you know what? Yeah, which is Doom. Dude, I like that. I like that I, choice. I, I respect it. I Yeah, right? It, it just, like, it sounds right. I I do really like Doom, first of all. Once I, like, finished Doom and the credits rolled, I was like, you know, people obsess over Doom, and I don't think it's as good as everybody says it is. But it is still very fun, and if you like those first-person shooters, then obviously you should play this game. And I mean, it's another port to the Switch, so you've probably heard a ton about this game also. I, I personally am not a fan of first-person shooters. I really don't like them for the most part, but every now and then there's one where I do really like it. And this was that one for me. It's just, it's so crazy that it works. It's just, it's hectic. It's so much fun being the Doom Marine. It's yeah. so much fun. Isn't he a, a Praetor? No, he, no, he's just the Doom Marine. Oh. But he, or oh the Doom Guy. I like the people call him the guy. Doom Guy. He kills Dooms. I do, I do really like him. It's just, it's also... <laughs> He's a great character. Yes. And well, you know what, though? Honestly, he shows so much character development without saying a single word. Like, you know he's no-nonsense, thinks everyone's doing something stupid, and wants to kill literally everyone because they all yep. are either evil or don't understand the powers they're dealing with. Yep. He's, it, it's a fun game. It's not a cover-based shooting game, which I think no, is the big you, thing. You go out and You gotta attack. run in guns blazing. And that's that's the fun part of it. Yeah, and it's also only, like, ten hours long. So, like, it's on my short list of games that I'm just like, one weekend, I want to just pick up Doom again and play through it. Mm -hmm. Because it's just, it's good. Oh, it is, it's a good game. It's a good call, good call. I don't think I'd play it again, but it's a good game. I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll highly consider getting Doom Eternal. Yes. But Doom's yeah. good. Doom's good. Okay, Matt, so why don't you uh, go back-to-back? Back. You're going to do a, a multiplayer oh, game. Oh, okay. Now. Multiplayer game. Crawl. Crawl. Is another game that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, I think. I think we've mentioned it before. We might have mentioned it once or twice. So um, quick, 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 dirty. Four-player four player game. Um, you're all competing to be the human. Because the human wants to beat the boss and get out of the dungeon and save the world. But the other three are ghosts who sacrifice themselves at the beginning of the game, and your goal is to kill the human, because if you kill a human, you then become the human, and whoever was the human becomes a ghost, and they have to find a way to kill the human, which you do by possessing traps and possessing monsters in the dungeon. So, it's this crazy game where it's a roguelike. It's a multiplayer roguelike. Yes. Which is what is so crazy about it, because there, it's just so much fun to do a run, because you are competing with each other, and your friends are the the enemies in the in the dungeon and they gradually get stronger because you can upgrade them so it gets harder and it's just so stressful because you games take about an hour with competent players so by the time you're at that hour you're like if i don't win this i'm gonna strangle everybody in this room yeah it's funny because it's like the three ghosts they are kind of co-op. They all want to kill the hero together. But the lower the hero gets on health, the more they start to want to, like, screw each other yeah, over. Yeah, and the moment you become a hero, you're not friends with those people <laughs> those, anymore. Those people suddenly hate you. you and the hero their is their best friend. They're like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this guy's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it is very... It's not like it's not like an every night thing, but it's a when you play time. Crawl, it is a great time because... It's just, and the things that can happen in it are so crazy. 
and there is a lot of variety into the different weapons and there's a there are a ton of different enemies i think that there are over 60 different enemies in the game that you can play as and they all have different special powers and different attacks and it is really cool definitely so uh my game now is a single player game i want to talk about i think i've also talked about this at least a little bit but dragon quest builders i think this is a fantastic game that people probably didn't see because it is a port but it's a port from the ps vita and the ps4 so dragon quest builders what's is, that supposed to mean i just feel like you know for example it wasn't like a high profile game like doom oh, that was okay. all over the place and it's not a game that was on the wii u like bayonetta 2 or captain toad right so some people this might not have been on their radar i didn't even know this game was coming out i just saw that there was a demo on the switch shop and i was like oh what's this really is the, the easiest way to say it is it's minecraft for the story mode yeah and it's you know it guides you so i mean if you know what minecraft is but you obviously do um everyone knows what minecraft is <laughs> of course you know you're building these you know these buildings and stuff like that but the, there's a story in the game where like you're the last builder and people have lost the ability to build so you have to build this town so you know it gives you like guidelines okay you know build within these walls you need to build you know one or two bedrooms you have to build this one building that had like it needs to have you know item x y and z in it and once it is that it is considered this type of room in this building but Outside of those requirements that they'll give you and sometimes quest-related things, you can do whatever you want. So my girlfriend and I were both playing this, playing it separately. And if you look at, like, the first world we played together, but the second world, if you look at our towns, they look entirely different. You know, I was all about, like, building these, like, you know, massive stone towers with, like, you know, two or three floors on them. Where she made, like, a really pretty landscape and made sure the grass was nice. And there was, like, lots of room for everybody except for the person that she didn't like. She made sure that that person had a really tiny room. Sucks. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> but it's really, it's it's a lot of fun. And the sequel is going to come to the Switch. So if it's something that you're interested in, this game's also only $50. It's not a $60 game. And I really recommend it. If you are interested in it, there is a demo, but don't play too far into it. Demo doesn't transfer over save-wise, and uh, that was not fun, playing through, like, the first, like, hour and a half of the game a second time, but... I'm sure. Yeah, it's 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 worth it, and it's long enough that it will keep your attention, and if you decide after the third world, you're like, eh, I don't want to play this anymore, just play through the fourth world. It's really good. I was, I was very tempted to get this game, and then I found out the second one's coming out pretty soon, so I was like... I'll just wait. Yeah. I'm not interested to play that bad. I, don't get me wrong. I think pretty soon is a good R margin, but this is Square Enix. So, like, I don't know how. Soon could mean five years. It could. Okay. Uh, your game. Single player. All right. Last, this is your last game, right? Yeah. No, is it multiplayer? Yeah, no, it is single player. You're, no, your last No, multi- my last multiplayer game. Your last game, well, which is a multiplayer game. All right. My last multiplayer game is a game that I just found maybe a week ago titled Cluster Puck. Yeah, you've been talking about this one a lot. See, now Mike hasn't been over to my house in quite a while. Just I've been of, busy. Like, work and stuff. But I've had people over a couple times since I've gotten this game. Because one of my favorite things to do is go on the Switch eShop and find games that are under $10 and just buy them. Yeah, I make a joke that every game that's less than $5 or $10 that has up to four players available on the Switch eShop, Matt owns. I, I probably do. Like, actually, I love... I love those games because they're so goofy and they're so cheap. Like, why not? Yeah. But this game is like hockey and soccer combined on obstacle course maps. And it is it gets so competitive so quickly. And it's team-based, right? So and it is team-based. There's two teams. Um, my one friend who's really into um, Rocket League compared to Rocket League. Yeah. 
but it is so much fun because you get so competitive with your friends and the the maps are so zany that it's like what am like what am i playing right now and yeah the fact that we just stumbled upon it made it so funny and it is so addicting because it's very basic it is the perfect my friend said this first the perfect example of taking a very simple idea and doing it so right that you can't stop playing it that's lovely Mm-hmm. I know this game is on Steam. That's why we said the name. I was it, like, let, I me, know was let me Google this because you were saying, oh, this game's really good. You need to try it next time you're over. It's on Steam. It has a well, really you know good what? When, you're, when your roommate gets home tonight, the four of us can play. Oh, we could. Yeah, let's do that. We're, we're hanging out. We're playing Splatoon tonight, but then we'll play We'll play some Cluster Oh, yeah. So, really good game. Also, there is a level editor. That's nice. So, so um, and it's also a, a pretty good level editor. For some reason... Some of the um, the maps that are already made in the game have curves, but they don't give you curve pieces in the level editor. Oh, I can think of one reason and one reason only why. Yeah, um, I know the reason you're thinking of. Didn't stop me. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> Very proud of you. Remember, we are 20-something-year-old boys, so... You can make some inappropriate things. <laughs> yeah, just leave it up for the imagination. <laughs> um, okay, so then the last game I want to talk about is another single-player game. Another game that you know I have a very big, big place in my I, like, for. okay, okay, wait a minute. I said no Nintendo, and Mike went, does that mean I can say so-and-so? And I audibly sighed in my office because I he, he found a loophole. I did find a loophole because Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is a Ubisoft game. <laughs> Listen, you wouldn't give me Monolith Soft, so I needed one soft. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sure you've heard of this game, and the reason I'm bringing this up is not because... I think this is a game that people don't know about. Everybody knows about Mario and Rabbids, right? But I think a lot of people got turned off by the idea like, oh, the Raving Rabbids. Nobody likes the Raving Rabbids. Honestly, my argument is be that we all did like the Raving Rabbids, but the minions ruined our fun. Let me just start there. That That's my high horse that I'm going to stand on. Uh, I mean, I disagree. That's okay, but that's a high horse I stand on. Okay. This game, it's a tactics-based shooter game. So if you've played a tactics game, if you've played Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy Tactics, or any of these kinds of games and you like this, you should be playing this game because unlike all of those games, or even XCOM, movement is so important. Like, if you're playing well and doing it right, your attacks are almost less important than how you move your characters because every character can dash and hit an enemy, and the rabid characters all have special dashes so like rabid luigi has a vampire dash or rabid mario can dash into like six people at once like do like one at a time and his his explode and stuff like that so movement is really important so unlike most of these tactics games where like you slowly move your army forward it's a very fast-paced game if you're playing really aggressively a round can end in like five or six rounds the games are also they're big you know it took me 40 hours to 100 percent the game there's dlc coming out that's supposed to be almost as big as two worlds and it's separate from the main game so it's donkey kong rabid cranky kong and rabid peach on their own little adventure and it looks really fun and very silly the whole game is a joke <laughs> yeah but the reason i really want to bring this up is that like every week i see this game's on sale for like 20 dollars, and i think it's worth it at 60 but I if you had misgivings i think you should pick up this game because everyone's selling this game super cheap it's worth the $60 price tag, even if you're like, listen, I want to just play as the Mario characters, I'll use one rabid character and play through the rest of the game. I think it's really worth it. I, my, I do really like this game. My opinion of this game is always like, Mike, you know how in high school English classes that you read really good books, 
but because somebody is telling you to read the good books, you don't want to read the good books. Are you saying that I'm an English teacher? I am. With Xenoblade and with Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, that is essentially what you do. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> the worst part about this, though, is that, like, Rabbit's... Mario and Rabbit's, you're on, like, the sixth or okay, seventh level of the, the final that's, world. That's not your fault. I'm not trying to say that's your fault. I just, like, I genuinely forgot it when I went away to college, and I haven't picked it back up to play the last level. I know. But I'm literally on the last... Like, I'm on the last You're boss. on the boss I'm level? on the boss. I haven't, I haven't turned the boss. I assume it's Bowser. Uh... You just see, see, see the game. I don't want to say I, anything. I, I don't know anything about it, but... Um, yeah, I'm on the last level. I, I literally just have to pick up the game and play it for, like, 20 minutes. It's good. I... And I understand that I, I nag you a lot about this, and I think once you get to play Xenoblade, once you get there, I don't have to say anything anymore. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not going to like it. I know, I know for a fact I'm going to like it, because I love the first Xenoblade. I know. You just make me sad, and that's I'm just, okay. I'm getting there. I'll get there. Anyway, that is our Octo discussion. I um, hope you like those games. Yeah, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to bring up? One honorable mention that I did want to mention, uh, we had the rule that it had to be on the Switch, and in terms of single-player games oh, that's that aren't on the Switch, I think Bravely Default, if you own a 3DS, is a must-have for single-player games. It's a pseudo-turn-based RPG, the thing that Square Enix is famous for, and it was not something they were expecting to do so well. The game's really fun. The characters are really cute. The music in this game is incredible. So much so that I have trouble playing the sequel and I haven't gotten back into it because the music is just leagues better in the first one. Really? It's so good. Like Even like the special Wait, moves. you haven't beaten the second one? No, I haven't. I'm shocked. I, I, I'm genuinely shocked. The music's not as good. I can't get it behind. When a, <laughs> when a character uses a special ability in uh, Brave Default 1, they have each character, one of the four characters has like a special theme that only plays, and they're all really, really good. And like the bonus that you get is the length of the song. And then if the song hasn't ended and you use a different one, the new choir will come in for the second song, <laughs> and then they start stacking. So in the last boss, I was just... There was two characters that I had their specials and just kept specialing back and forth, stacking their combos, and did way too much damage. See, I didn't know our honorable mentions could be non-Switch games. Oh. Because I'd, I'd have a list. Runbow. <laughs> Runbow. Runbow would be on there. Tell me Run it wouldn't I, be on there. I don't know if it would be on there, honestly. I don't know. Um, Plan Charted? It has to be a Nintendo game. <laughs> and... uh, actually, the rule is it couldn't be a Nintendo game. Okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. My, I, I do have a, an honorable mention or two. Okay. Um, Mighty Gunvolt Burst, I mentioned earlier in this episode. Um, if the fact that Mighty Number no. 9 is in the game just sways you, don't let it. Because this is the game that Mighty Gunvolt should have been. I mean, that Mighty Number no. 9 should have been. Yep. This game is amazing. I, if you like Mega Man games like I do, you should get this game. There's no reason why you shouldn't get this game. Sounds good. All right, but uh, outside of that, that's our show. That is it. Matt, give us a quick fun fact before we go. Okay, my quick fun fact is that when you are stuck in traffic with ice cream in the car, the ice cream is essentially your baby. It is a newborn baby. Because you fear for it? Because you... So I, I gave Mike the, the description. If you know how when you are a parent with your baby... And there is a gun to your head. Which, two things that neither of us know anything about. <laughs> and and your first reaction is, please don't shoot, I have a child! It's kind of like how when you're stuck in traffic and you have ice cream in the car, you're like, please accelerate, I have ice cream! <laughs> it's, the, it's the same fear, if not worse. That's fair. My, uh... <laughs> what? I just really like yours. <laughs> <laughs> My what? fun fact is that, um... 
you can uh, you can fry pork tenderloin in a uh, in a pan. You didn't know that? I did not know that. You I've didn't always, fry anything in a pan. I've always had pork tenderloin in the oven, and my girlfriend made dinner tonight, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fry this," and I was like, "You can fry pork." Seriously? Yeah. Well, not tenderloin. Like I know you can like fry pork chops. I just and like when you think about it like that, like obviously, I mean, of course you, you can. You can do that with anything. But I'm just you know I'm not. And it was all, good, wasn't it? It was really good. She's a very good cook. Um, and I'm not just saying that because she's in the other room. I'm not. She actually is a really good cook. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's our our show. Our intro is made by Rick's Record. He's on SoundCloud and he's really cool. Uh, if you want to contact us, send us some stupid questions or anything like that that crosses your mind, you can email us at pinkgoldpeeps at gmail.com. That's all one word. Or, or go on Twitter at pinkgoldpeeps. Where we might be giving away some shiny Zygarde codes. Yeah, so Matt got, uh, he talked about this in the last week, he got like a bajillion shiny Zygarde codes from GameStop. And I think you still have a couple. I have a couple, and we're going to give them away at some point in the near future on our Twitter. Yes. Uh, if, do you want to make a secret word that they have to tweet at us? Yeah, you have to tweet us a certain word, and depending on the number you are who tweets us, we will DM you a Chinese Zygarde code. Sounds good. So, Matt, what is our secret word? Our secret word is a phrase. It is, I don't want any DLC in my Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't want any DLC in my Kingdom Hearts 3. Is that too long? Should we use no, it's fine. It's Twitter. We got 280 characters now. I don't want any DLC in my Kingdom Hearts 3. If you at Tetsuya Nomura, you get bonus points. You don't get anything, you don't get anything closer to getting the shiny Zygarde. But you do but get you bonus points. you do get bonus points. Sounds perfect. All right, but uh, that's our show. You, uh, you all set? I am all set. All right, have a good night, everybody. Ciao.